Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The loss of his finger, the incident in Kyrgyzstan, divorce and marriage breakdown, and then also his friendship with Kevin Jorgensen. You know, mm. just those four things, I think, sets this film above Free Solo for me. There's just a bit more going on. I mean, I was watching yeah. him hang on to two or three millimetres of rock with the corner of his thumb. It was just incredible. It was more than just, we're going up El Cap and this is impressive. There's lots of other little twists and turns which move it along quite nicely. This is this is completely beyond me. I mean, I climbed out of bed. <laughs> I climbed out of bed this morning. <laughs> that is as close as I'll ever get. <laughs> Hello, film fans. Joining us today, we have Will. Hello. Ben. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Yo. And we're here to review The Dawn War. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Will and Ben. Could you please say hello and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please? Hello, I'm Will Rowe. I'm a producer on the Stories of Our Times podcast, which is a daily news show brought to you by The Times and The Sunday Times. I feel like I've gone full into like promo voice there. Um, it's, it's a fine, daily news. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Um, it's a daily news show. We've been launched since March, so we sort of utilise the uh, skill sets of the Times and Sunday Times journalists. And if I could point you to one series that I produced this year that I'd love you as listeners to go and have a listen to it. So, um, it's a little mini series that we did. I worked alongside the Times crime correspondent John Simpson, who is fantastic investigative uh, crime reporter. And we did a series called Who Killed C.J. Davis? Uh, if you just type that into wherever you find your podcast, you can find the whole series. It's six episodes in which mm. John um, returns to Newham in East London um, to try and work out what happened to a 14-year-old boy called C.J. Davis who was shot in broad daylight and working alongside C.J.'s mum, Keisha McLeod, who's a special 
and uh, an amazing woman, really. Uh, that series kind of tries to get some answers as to why, you know, this abhorrent crime occurred. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a particular series. But the Daily News programme also goes out every day with a sort of half-hour, 25-minute episode about what's going on in current affairs and news. I think the the format of podcast is amazing for, for those kind of short stories. And mm. um, a lot of the things where, a lot of the times where um, televisual media feels that the story is too small is where you can go really into and you know a story like s-town for example that yeah. became a huge podcast but if someone had said uh can you cover this as a news story on on broadcast television it probably wouldn't have been been made so yeah we'll we'll definitely listen to that will thank you uh ben who are you my name's ben <laughs> i'm the founder of rockwood audio we work with podcasters and broadcasters and entrepreneurs to create uh, engaging, entertaining, high-quality podcasts. And we help people edit them too, like this one. Tell us some about the other people you you uh, edit for. I see Beer52 is uh, is up there. Beer52, yeah, that's a, a subscription firm. Um, mm. We also work with Ucobi on other podcasts like Tea with Twiggy. Um, we've worked on The Bake Down, which was a, a bake-off spin-off podcast. Yeah. And we work with quite a few US clients as well. So we have kind of one foot in the US and one foot in the UK. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but today we're talking about films and we're talking about the film that you chose, Will, which is The Dawn Wall. So yes. can you tell us, first of all, why you chose it and give us a synopsis in less than a minute? Absolutely. So I picked this film because it's just stunningly shot. It's absolutely beautiful. The Dawn Wall is the story of Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen, who are two rock climbers that climb up uh, what is called the Dawn Wall, which is a face on El Capitan, which is one of the biggest mountains in the Yosemite National Park in California. And essentially, it's a feat of ridiculous endurance. In 2015, these two guys did 32 pitches up the face of this wall, which in layman's terms is 32 different mini climbs going up a massive um, rock face. And it had never been done before. And it's just... Absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, that's that's basically the dawn wall in a nutshell. It's it's a documentary, and it's um it's more than just a sports doc. It's about kind of human endurance and human stories. Mm. Well, you said sorry, thirty-two mini climbs, but it, no, they're not, are they? <laughs> yeah, they're not <laughs> many. Each of those climbs is insane in itself. Yes, exactly. They're about a hundred foot each climb, something like that. And um, yeah, the midsection sort of from about climb ten to twenty, they just get harder and harder and harder. Um, and yeah, so no, no, I do them a bit of a disservice to call them mini climbs. <laughs> uh, anyone, are you a climber, Will, or has anyone else uh, tried climbing? I've climbed before, but like, you know, this is where rocks are like sticking out and you can like put your hands <laughs> into things and pull yourself up. This isn't yeah. like, you know, a slither of thing for like yeah. your entire body. This is this is completely beyond me. I mean, I climbed out of bed. <laughs> I climbed out of bed this morning. That is as close as I'll ever get. Um, yeah, I, I go bouldering, um, and mm-hmm. I have done some outdoor climbing. I've done some sport climbing, which is you know where you're roped in and you're going up rock faces. But I mean, yeah, like at a very 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 amateur level. But it's uh, I, I don't think you need to climb to get a sense of what they're doing. Really, it's. Um, it's quite something. I think in this case, it's obviously the the feat is extraordinary. Um, but I think sometimes when you see people climb, you kind of you don't realise. I think part of why you said the way it's shot is, is stunning because you see really 
the holds they have. And has, as Helen said, they haven't got, they've got like a fingernail's width of something to grab on at some points and really jam that in there to hold a whole body weight on, um, which is literally On a sheer rock face. I mean, yeah. this is this is flat. Yes, 3,000 feet of sheer granite. Yeah, yeah. well, Captain's like almost like, it's a vertical, it's like the monolith at the start of uh, 2001 <laughs> A Space Odyssey, but made like huge. It's like, yeah. if you look at it, it's like, there's no way you can climb that, but they've, they've found a way to do it. And some points, um, Mr. Jorgensen like manages found a way to jump eight foot across to grab something else to to pull himself across. And then that's just insane. This is all insane. I couldn't um, believe it. I mean, I was watching yeah. him hang on to what looked like two or three millimetres of, of rock with the corner of his thumb. Yeah. And I just, it was just incredible. And we just said um, Tommy Caldwell lost his finger um, before doing this. So made the feet. And one, one, of, the nice, one of the funny parts of this documentary, when um, he lost his finger... Everyone just assumed his career was over in climbing, um, but he managed to get better afterwards because he just dialed his dedication up to like eleven to stupid, and that's something <laughs> that's something you see, which I just generally love in these kind of documentaries where people just are super dedicated, almost to a fault um, in some cases. But I'm just I'm super astonished with like how people can be singularly focused on things. Yeah, I've never seen anybody with with it was like they had the devil on his back. He was incredible. Mm. There's also, um, at the start of the film, a completely surreal incident where they end up being kidnapped and shot at, which I was watching it going, where is this film going? I thought we were going to like <laughs> look at a wall. And then this completely bizarre incident happens, which, you know, kind of sort of sets things up, things up I think, for his kind of, as a standard of his determination and, you know, kind of against all odds. But it's a completely surreal story. And... I, I, this is completely new to me. I have no memory of ever knowing that this had happened, but it apparently was kind of a, a big thing. It seemed like a huge story, didn't it? And the in the US, I mean, at one, least. one point they say it was like it was like the moon landing. I'm like, oh, sure, it was quite like the moon landing. But does anyone remember it happening? I do. I remember reading an article. I remember being at home. So it was 2015 when they did it, and mm. I remember being at home and I think at the time my dad's got the Guardian newspaper don't think it does anymore but anyway uh, that's a separate story and um, (laughs) I remember opening the paper at breakfast and there was this photo and it was the photo the photo they picked was you know the when they're just sort of hanging in midair in their little tents basically sleeping yeah (laughs) which is ridiculous off the edge (laughs) <laughs> yeah and the photo i remember the sort of the caption and it was you know I, I obviously i didn't remember the names at the time but it was sort of like you know two climbers are trying to ascend this rock face in california they're sort of halfway through it they may or may not do it and so yeah it did obviously you know it made it into the guardian it was national news it was sort of or international news sorry because the new, it was the new york times that sort of picked it up and made it mm. from just two little guys in the in the climbing community doing this crazy feat of endurance to actually suddenly as you saw in the documentary all the you know us tv networks like sort of went crazy over it but yeah no i do remember it but i, I have to admit i'd sort of forgotten about it until the documentary then came out so where do you guys are you guys seen uh, or heard of free solo yes mm. <laughs> i've not seen it but you I've seen heard it, it. ben have you seen it no i haven't no will have you seen it I have seen it, yeah, the one with Alex Honnold, yeah. Well, that's not obviously not going to spoil that, but when when I saw the um, the Dawn Wall, you suggested Dawn Wall. First of all, the, the 
the title sounded boring. I thought, oh, I'm going to watch some rubbish film. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't think. Oh, of, Will I coming thought, back, picking rubbish films. Yeah, I thought, it's, I thought for some reason, I think I must have been thinking of the um, the Great Wall that... Um, oh, not the Matt Damon film. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking it's, it's something related to that. I thought, I was like, this, this can't be good. And then when I started playing, I was like, oh, this is based around climbing our cap. This isn't this what Free Solo is about. Like, it's not going to be as good. But then because they're telling the same, but they are telling two distinct stories, very yeah. separate stories. And both of them are, you know, Alex Honnold and... Um, Tommy Caldwell. Tommy Caldwell. Tommy Caldwell. Yeah. They are both so dedicated to what they're doing in, in ways. Uh, Alex Honnold's a bit more reserved and, you know, to the fact that, you know, he didn't really want to have a partner because when he had a relationship, things went down. But um, Tommy needed that kind of that kind of grounding which i thought yeah. was a nice way to kind of set them those guys apart but the the task that these these guys set themselves um is truly astonishing you should definitely watch both films um don't feel that you've seen one you've seen the other is my is my main point with that, that mini ramble that I, I completely agree i think they are distinctly different films i actually personally warm to tommy coldwell more than i do to alex honnold yeah um, yeah they are they are doing two very different thing i mean basically free solo Honold is doing it without ropes, but he's doing a slightly different climb. Um, yeah. It's it's also phenomenal. I, I think the one thing about both um, documentaries is if you don't have a head for heights, I probably wouldn't recommend watching them. <laughs> that would be my sort oh my of gosh, one yeah. little caveat because, um, but I, yeah, I, I, I actually, I prefer the dorm wall because I think there's more character development and I just think it's a bit more interesting. I think the, the loss of his finger the incident in Kyrgyzstan, his divorce and marriage breakdown, and then new marriage. I just, and then also his friendship with Kevin Jorgensen. You know, mm. just those four things I think sets this film above Free Solo for me. There's just a bit more going on, and it's in that sense there's a it's there's a better narrative. Plus, in Free Solo, I'm I've not seen it, but I imagine there's probably not a quick tutorial on how to take a poo at. 2000 feet <laughs> no so you, there's that too. no there is there isn't that uh, insight but with free sale obviously because he's not doing with ropes he's got less time to to complete the climb uh, shall we say because otherwise yeah. yeah there's no uh, there's no there's no portal ledges or whatever they're called to uh right to take a poop off <laughs> um I, I mean let's talk about that friendship between kevin and kevin and tom because i thought that was it was really special especially it's needed at the time in tommy's life and the way the story was going it looked like in any other place that Tommy was almost legitimately like, well, I'm just going to finish it and see you at the end, mate. But the but the way he, he kind of stopped and said, no, I, I want him to be there with me as a climber. That was really like, fuck, you didn't need to yeah. do it, mate. But um, yeah. that, that really had me in, in the in, in heartstrings, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's um, he very easily could have just finished it and it would have been a great achievement. Um, but yeah, it, you know, they spent what a week on that particular section. I think it was about that, wasn't it? Yeah. So a week trying to go. What well, maybe was it like three or four meters across? So to kind of be there, going, you know, I'm going to wait. 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 You're not going to do this. Let's crack on and then get to the point and then go. Actually, I'm. 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 I am going to wait. Let's go back. <laughs> Let's go all the way back. Um, I'm going to wait for you to do it again. Is it takes a very special kind of person to do that. And, you know, it is a symbol of, you know, friendship and 
you know, something that they'd obviously built an insane connection, sleeping mm. next to each other, pooping next to each other, and just kind of encouraging each other each day. So it it was a nice thing for him to do. And you know that if he'd have carried on, he would have got to the top and he would have always regretted not being able to see whether he could have done it with him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I I was so... I mean, he's an impressive person, but that was the moment you're like, what a what a wonderful person. And perhaps that's why he was doing it as much as the climb itself, you know, is that it, it didn't mean anything if he was doing it on his own. Mm. Um, and he was, he did say he was very lonely when he decided to do it. Having that partner there with him meant everything, didn't it? Yeah, I, I, I agree as well. I think also what Kobe was saying, I was generally, it was quite, it was moving. I'd like, you know, I had a little sort of, oh God, like, it's that moment where he realizes I can do this, but doing it alone, it's that the, the, the sense of achievement just won't be the same. And then also mm. the risk to go back because there was, there's no guarantee that Kevin was going to do that. So he basically risked not being able to do it. And there's, there's a moment where it cuts to his father and he's sort of thinking, Kevin might not do this. Like is Tommy giving this up? But it sort of reminded me, uh, do you know the film into the wild where the guy goes off, and he sort of like abandons his family and he goes and lives in a trailer and he just lives out in nature and he's like, this is amazing. And then he actually realises, I mean, the sort of my takeaway from that film is that, you know, happiness is nothing if it's not shared. Mm. And it sort of reminded me of that when Tommy realises, you know, I've he's had this marriage breakdown, he's lost his wife, he's sort of, everything has been about just almost climbing this dawn wall he spent seven years preparing for it it was almost like a distraction Insane, but actually isn't it? yeah it's, it's nuts but it's just if i just do this on my own he just you could tell he sort of feels empty when he gets almost to the top and then he goes back and again it's a lovely sort of narrative twist it was yeah it really it got me <laughs> it's quite interesting because that, that section they hadn't completed it i think most of the other pictures um Including the the kind of dino section where they have to jump. At least at least they could mock it up and practice at home, for example. But that yeah. particular section they hadn't completed in that in that seven years. Um, yeah. And you kind of think, well, they just went, well, let's just do it today then, and we'll we'll get across it somehow. And it was mental dedication to its to its super peak. The fact they managed to do it at the time, and that's kind of, you know it's kind of what you see sometimes the Olympics when super sports events where people just become superhuman. Um, but it was like. Just, just, it's just wow, just wow, basically. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that um, Tommy has a very specific type of girlfriend. Like partway through, <laughs> when they were cutting through, like his current girlfriend and his past girlfriend, I was like, Wait, which one is this now? Which I thought was um, quite funny. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's no, that's oh, okay. Do you think it was a positive or negative that his his second wife? wasn't a climber or wasn't in the industry as it were, because that was kind of one thing that really met, I think really helped catalyze um, both Beth and Tommy's success at the start. Like they're both in it together and they're both working together at like 24 seven. I don't know. I got the impression that maybe she kind of was, just wasn't quite at the level because she wasn't as professional. I don't know. Did she yeah. say she doesn't climb? I kind of got the impression she was at least into it. I guess that yeah, they didn't focus on it, so I maybe made the false assumption that she didn't climb at all. But that's uh, that's my bad, maybe. Uh, guys, uh, is there anything you want to say before we head to the scores? 
yeah, just one quick one from me. Um, in researching after the film, I found out a Czech climber called Adam Ondra did it a year later in 2016. Mm. Um, so Tommy and Kevin took 19 days to do, do it, but he did it in eight days, which is obviously Ooh. really impressive. But he then said that their feet was better as what was, you know, because they could basically give him the route and show him all the climbs that he liaised with Tommy Caldwell. And then the other yep. thing which we, we've touched on is they never knew if it was possible because he knew it mm-hmm. was possible. The psychology of knowing it can be done yeah. um, makes it easier. But with, with Tommy and Kevin, like to be up there in that section where they're trying to get across, as you said earlier, Kobe, they didn't know if they could do that. So it's I think that the psychology of doing something that you don't know you can do at that level, at that height with everything going on, that's, that's really why it was so special. It's like breaking the breaking the four minute mile people thought that was a, a human impossibility and then when roger panister yeah. did it within within months other people were like oh well, yeah, so it's possible then well let's yeah. let's do it um but it's interesting that yeah eight days is still phenomenal and did, was it solo by himself or did it or was it with the with the partner yeah he did it on his own uh, he had a b layer with him so someone just okay. doing the ropes for him um which technically is actually makes it slightly harder because you're top climbing all the time. So you're always putting in the bolts. Um, if, if that makes sense, it means you basically, it means you can fall further. So it's a bit more scary and it's, it's a, it's harder to always be the top climber, the first guy going up the wall. And one thing I thought, obviously they, they're used to climbing those heights, but, and they're used to falling off these things, but each time they fell off, just knowing they're supported must be like, that, that just shows how good they are straight away because they were, none of them seemed scared falling off. They were just like, oh, here's me going down again. Well, I'm going yeah, to climb that up, was but. That was the thing that struck me was like how annoyed they were as they were, their scream was like a, a frustration. Yeah, well, <laughs> Not like mine would have been. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would have probably done the, the, the 2000 foot high poop involuntarily as well. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> Uh, well, should we head to the scores? I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Let's head to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And um, let's start with you, please, Will, with your recommendability. I would give it a solid four, I think. Um, yeah, because it is a sports documentary. But as I said earlier, it's it's universal. It's about a feat of endurance. And there's a lovely narrative there. But I think some people, if you don't have a head for heights, you might not want to watch it. So it's a four. Ben? Yeah, I'd agree with Will. I'd, I'd give it a four. I th- I'd recommend it, but uh, my wife, uh, who sat next to me, would not. She is afraid of heights, <laughs> and she spent most of the film looking up and, and breathing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd give it a four, too. Helen? Yeah, it's it's an amazing feat, um, but climbing in itself is a little bit niche, and I don't know, I think 
part of my brain halfway through was just expecting like someone to die or something. I was like, where's the danger? Where's the, where's the thing? Um, you know, what's the peril? And then I realized it's not about that. It was just about kind of like friendship and endurance. And, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.7, a little bit lower. Um, I think it just, it just doesn't quite have, I'm just trying to think it's, it's not like Senna. It's not like a documentary about kind of sports and people, which I would just say, you know, forget about what you know about sports documentaries. Like, you know, you have to watch this. It's, mm. it's not quite up there with me. I'm going to go for 4.2. Um, really enjoyed it. And it's probably going to a slightly higher score because I was expecting it not to be as good as uh, other films. And I think with, and tying in with Free Solo, um, one thing you said there, Helen, in, in Free Solo, this is set up at the start, that like climbers die like all the time. <laughs> and it's almost interesting that they didn't say that in this film so it's, it's another kind of point of differentiation but i think if you can set aside with um yeah the good thing with free solo and this is that l cap is when you look at it, you think that's a difficult climb no matter how much you know or don't know about climbing it's like that's that looks ridiculous why are you doing this so you can already appreciate the task that they're, they're, they're undertaking um more so than i think sometimes you look at like formula one drivers and you think well you're just driving in a fast car mate so <laughs> Um, it's the it's the car that's taking you around. So I think sometimes you think you can not appreciate how what it, the skill it takes. But with the, with the Dawn Wall, you, you definitely appreciate the, the skill it takes. Whether you think you know there's a, there's a need to do it or not, it's a different thing. But you can tell the skill that goes into it is like massive. Um, so four point two repeat viewing score. Will? Um, well, it's the second time I've watched it. Um, I think I'd say like three point seven. Like. I think once you've watched it once, you've kind of watched it. So, um, but I would happily sit down with someone else and watch it again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my reason for the 3.7. Ben. Yeah, that's a difficult one. Cause I did enjoy it, but I'm not sure how often I'm going to watch it again. So I'm going to give it a three. I think I can't see myself. I can't see myself sitting down to watch it, but I probably would, you know, if it was on, it would, it would, I, I probably would give it another watch. So I'll give it a 3.2. Helen? I'm a notorious non-repeat viewer watching of documentaries, unless it's like something completely insane. Um, I feel I've got all I wanted to know about this one. I'd watch Solo, but I wouldn't come back to this. So a one. No. Which is all, always documentaries. Um, we, we Well, I always score them quite low on repeat viewing. Yeah, typically, yeah. Um, not yeah, not just yourself, typically across across the board for for flicks watches of films that's let down by the documentary nature. Um yeah, I'm going for one point five, probably watch again at some point further down the line. Um but not gonna rush to to do so. Small screen score. Will. Um I'd have to give it maybe three and a half. Eight. I'd love. I've never. I haven't seen this in a cinema and on a big screen. But I mean, if anything is made for it, like that opening shot and the the time lapse of the dawn wall and the sun mm. coming down it. I mean, God, you, I'd love to see this on a big screen. So that's that's <laughs> the only re- the reason I'm giving it three and a half is like it would just be so beautiful to look at some of those landscapes on a big screen. So yeah, three and a half. Ben, I give it a four. Um, I think it works perfectly well on a small screen. I was- definitely agree it would look fantastic on a on a big screen but um i think it works perfectly well so four helen 
Yeah, I think I'm less into mountain porn than maybe <laughs> you are for sure. Well, I, I, yeah, it was... well. <laughs> mountain porn. Yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Those ah. big mountains, watching the light going over them. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the you know the. I was kind of watching it and trying to work out halfway through because partway through, I guess it must have been when they had the um, the news interest, there's definitely more people filming it. And I think it was uh, in partnership with Google Earth, was it perhaps? Or Google something. So they definitely got um, additional cameras towards the end and you can kind of tell that with you know the different angles and the footage that they'd managed to capture. Um, but I didn't really... Nothing made me want to see it at the cinema, so I'm, I'm going to give it a five. I think I'm quite. I was quite happy to watch it uh, at home. Um, I'm going to give it a, a three point five. I really enjoyed watching Free Soul in the cinema, and um, it did add to the the tense nature of the film. And I would have liked to watch this one in the cinema as well, um, had I known it existed. So yeah, three point five engagement score. Will um, I'd give it a four? I think. Um, it's in the sweet spot, as Helen calls it. I think it's an hour 40. Um, so the pace is there. I think there's plenty of decent sort of narrative. The, I think the narrative does move quite well, especially with the early stuff in Kyrgyzstan and then the just his development as a child and winning that amazing competition he did when he was just a nobody, a little teenager. Mm. So I, I think it was more than just we're going up El Cap and this is impressive. There's, there's plenty of, there's lots of other little twists and turns which move it along quite nicely. So was that four? Four, yes, four. Ben? Yeah, I struggled to, with this. I, I found it engaging. I, I was engaged for most of the time. I think the, the Kyrgyzstan stuff was obviously a little bit kind of where are we going here? And it did feel like they were rushing through that a bit necessarily because it's not the main story, but that did feel a bit rushed. Um, so I think, I mean, for the, for the most part I was engaged. I felt like it maybe just dropped a little bit about two thirds of the way through there. It could have been maybe five or 10 minutes shorter, but yeah, overall I was engaged. So I'll give it a four. Helen. I'm, I'm a little bit less. I'm going to 3.5. Um, I mean, Sorry, Kevin, but you took way too long to get through <laughs> yes. that bit. And it was a bit like he tried again and he fell off. He tried again and he fell off. Took a day out, put some stuff on his fingers, tried again, fell off. Tried again, fell off. It's like, how long have we been here? We've been here a week. God, it feels like we've been here a week. I feel like I've been sat here a week. And yeah. I think that they could have edited that a bit sharper and yeah. – um, basically, you know, edited it a lot quicker and gone, you know, this was a week's worth of, um, you know, popping off the rock and it would have paced it a little bit better. And I I got a bit like, well, come on, is he going to do it or is he not going to do it? Um, I mean, that that's just me as a cinema goer who has been used to films being a lot more in my face and documentaries being a bit more kind of snazzier. So yeah, that just that bit was a bit like, come on, I want to know, does he make it? Does he die? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't die. He makes it. <laughs> 3.5. 3. 3.5. I'm going to give it a 5. Um, I like the twist and turns. I like the, the bit with Kazakhstan. Sorry, Kyrgyzstan. Um, and similarly, what? but I think the difference between myself and thinking, where's this going? Was like, oh, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I'm generally confused here. I need to like be paying attention. Um, and then the section, maybe it's a bit long with like, 
Kevin falling off again, but the fact that he they went back and went back in there again was like another kind of peak in like engagement. Because I just thought, okay, he's, he's just going to climb by himself. He's going to get to the top and everyone's going to like sing and dance around him. But the way he didn't was like another level up in terms of like, holy shit, this this sets it apart from other films or the documentaries like this. Um, so that gives us an overall score of 3.6000000. Exactly, 3.6. Um, which is decent, decent for the documentary. Yeah. Pretty decent, yeah. So let's head to Twitter, guys. And for all people listening right now, do follow us on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. Um, and the main reason to follow us is because before we record, we do put a shout out telling people who's going to be on the podcast with us and asking for your reviews. In this case, we put, we're reviewing The Dawn War with Ben from Rocket Audio and Will at Will Road 2 from The Times. Have you seen it? Tells your thoughts and the score out of five stars for an on-air shout-out on Flitzwatcher. So we had one response, I think. Uh, Will, do you want to take that one since, since you chose the film? Yes, um, we have a response from at Reg Hayes, also known as Reese Hayward. Um, Who's three that? out of five. Yeah, who is this chap? I think two people <laughs> on this call. Well, I think everyone knows who this guy is. Um, so that's um helen's husband and my friend um he gave it three out of five he says amazing achievement but the film dragged a bit i would have gone to the pub in that position um which i think <laughs> says says more about reese and, uh, <laughs> than it does about their achievement um but yeah i'd just like to caveat this and i'd, I'd be very interested to get he- helen's thoughts um Reese has the attention, having worked with Reese for a good few years and known him for a few more, um, he has the attention span of a newt. So um, <laughs> I, that's, that would be my caveat to his uh, review of it. It was a fa- fairly fa- favourable review from him, I think. He was present in the room. He was He was breathing the same air as me uh, whilst I was watching it. He doesn't normally, it's it, quite rare, will actually watch um, the... the many of the film choices that come through. So this was one that he he did decide to watch with me. Okay. Well, uh, Will and Ben, can you tell us where we can find you online and say goodbye to all of the listeners, please? Yes. Um, so you can find me at WillRow2. Um, that's my Twitter handle. And please, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, search for Who Killed CJ Davis, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's a mini series I've produced with John Simpson, the Times crime correspondent, and it's um, it's been nominated for award in the British press journalism. So we're very proud and happy about that. So if you give that a listen and give it a share, that'd be fantastic. Thank you. And you can find me at rockwoodaudio.com or instagram.com slash rockwoodaudio. That's R-O-K-K wood audio. If you want to have a podcast edited or design and launch a new one, get in touch. Fantastic. Well, thank awesome. you very much for joining us, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.